Good afternoon, ladies and gents. It is Tuesday, July 26, 2022. This is Blues Views with some intraday comments. Um, a lot going on up there today, uh, a lot going on in my head. Uh, just, just to kind of recap, um, uh, the people who follow the Twitter feed are all already aware of this. For those of you who are listening who do not follow the Twitter feed, uh, just to kind of recap what's gone on the last few weeks. So, you know, I went into July thinking that we were due for at the very least a pause in the bear market in the bear market. Uh, the idea was that the buy side, I think, you know, forget about what the sell side says, they're ridiculous estimates still being way too high and their foot dragging on all that stuff. But you know, the buy side has been, I think, pretty much well aware for months now that a recession was likely, if not inevitable. And it really, remember at the end of the day, it matters much more what the buy side thinks than the sell side thinks. The buy side is the one that controls all the big money, right? So, you know, this idea that we were going into July, we, we had had, you know, six months of very negative sentiment, uh, you know, consistent, uh, you know, selling of every rally. Uh, if you were a seller of rallies all year, you did very well. Um, and yeah, there were some opportunities to uh, do, uh, you know, uh, counter trend longs. But for the most part, if you were, if you stuck with selling rallies, you did quite well. You know, I, Thinking back to 2008, um, and you know when when you say when you say 2008, all kinds of horrific connotations come to mind, right? Because we all, you know, in hindsight, we kind of look back on that and we're like, wow, like things were really really bad that year, I and mean, that was out of control. I mean, between Bear and Lehman and all the other stuff that went on, uh, it was a brutal brutal year. Um, but we had bouts of strength that year. And, and the summer was actually not too bad, uh, the summer of 2008. Late July through August was, we got a decent bounce. And the thinking there was very similar to what I think the, the, a, a, I'm not sure, I wouldn't call it the dominant narrative right now, but, but a, an emerging narrative that's become stronger by the day is that we, um, the worst might be over. I mean, you've got, you know, knuckleheads like Marco Kalanovic, who's been wrong all year, and has a gargantuan ego and hasn't changed his tune all year. You know, he's out there right now saying the worst is over, recession's priced in, you know, bye bye bye. You know, I don't agree with that at all. I think that a recession is is widely anticipated, but to say that it's all priced in is is a bit ridiculous. As I said, you know, I mean, calling him a knucklehead publicly, I don't mind doing it because he's been arguing with the market all year. Anyone who argues with the market is frankly quite useless as an advisor. Uh, so, you know, now he's latching on to this notion, and I think a lot of people are, are going along with him, that the worst is over, we all get it, there's a recession coming, you know, the, Fed, the CPI is going to start to get better from this point on, the Fed, this is probably peak Fed in July here, like that's a narrative that's very, very attractive to people. I mean, the, the market is a discounting mechanism, it's forward looking, it's been looking at peak inflation, peak Fed for several months now. And it looks like, yeah, we might be getting past it. So I, I, going into this month, my attitude was that that might be good enough for at the very least a pause in, um, you know, in the bear market. Uh, but just as with 2008, I mean, this pause, this bounce that we got in the summer was, was just a prelude to something much worse, right? Now, there are similarities between 2008 and 2022, and there are a lot of dissimilarities as well. But just this general idea that, you know, sentiment can only get so negative <laughs> and as you know, it, it kind of needs to bounce now and again. Positioning got so light, you know, it needs to bounce now and again. I mean, you look at that B of A uh, bull bear indicator, which has been the best sentiment indicator out there for many, many years. It's at 0.0. .0. 
I mean, I don't know that we've ever seen that before. So there are some, you know, I mean, the, that's, you know, that's Mike Hartnett. I mean, his headline on his piece last week was, it's so bearish that I'm bullish. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, we have had a pretty strong bounce here. And the bounce has taken place on deep, very good breadth. Um, you know, it hasn't been one of these ultra low volume, crappy breadth uh, rallies. The volume hasn't been great. But a lot of that, I think, just has to do with the time of year we're in. So the volume hasn't been terrible either. So the bounce that we've gotten off 36.50 has been pretty solid. You know, it's been a, a just, I guess, uh, just under 10%. Um, oh, actually, a little bit over 10%, I think, at the highs last week. Um, but um, unfortunately, you know, I made a huge mistake on CPI day, which was, uh, you know, going in, we were modestly bullish. We were positioned for a bullish response, the idea, again, being, this is the inflation hump, hump month, if you want to call it. You know, there's a lot of negativity out there. I think people get what's going on. Um, there's going to be some bottom feeding here. Uh, you know, institutions are very light. They get very itchy trigger fingers when they're lightly positioned because they're so afraid of falling behind. I think they're more afraid of missing being late to a rally than they are of getting you know spanked on the downside. So that was the thought process going in. And then we got this horrific... CPI number, you know, significantly higher than expected on the headline, but digging into the, to the, the nuts and bolts of the data, it was just really, really bad. You know, all the big sticky inflation accelerating, um, you know, it, it, it's, you, you couldn't come out of that day feeling better about the inflation outlook. It was, you could have, you, a lot of people came in saying this will be the worst number from this point on, it'll get better. But as I've been saying all year, you know, the sec this second derivative debate on inflation, it's not a question of whether or not inflation was going to decelerate. Of course it was. Mathematically, it was almost impossible for it not to. The question is this third derivative, higher for longer, how quickly does it decelerate? And after looking at that number, um, it just looked more and more like this could remain a problem for a lot longer than people think or that people want to think. You know, right now, you know, the expectation is kind of that the Fed's going to be start cutting again next year. I mean, you know, you go back and look at the 70s, we had fits and starts of inflation. It was, you know, it was up and then dropped and it went up again. We could be in for several years of that where it's just, it's going to take a long time for inflation to really come back down towards that two to 3% level and stay there. Um, and in the moment, in the heat of the moment, uh, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I kind of panicked. And I said, you know what, this is horrific. I think we're going lower. And I ended up bottom ticking us. And we sat there and basically ended up selling into a 300 point S&P rally. So, you know, like these things happen, you know, you make the best call you can in the moment. But at the end of the day, it's always a good idea to trust your gut, especially when you've had a lot of time to think about it. And I, and I had leading up to that number. Um, now, this is all a segue into what we're doing today, which is, you know, we had built up this large position in S&P puts. Um, we were buying 3,400 puts, December maturity. And I decided today to dump them. And, you know, we took advantage of a down day. The puts were obviously up today. Uh, those, uh, the, those are the micro S&P futures puts. They're very, very liquid during the New York session. Uh, they're not so much overnight, but we took advantage of the liquidity. We took advantage of a, a day where the puts were up in value and we dumped them. I, I just... You know, the decision that I have to make here, I mean, obviously anyone like myself that's, you know, charging a, a subscription fee for people that want to follow my thought process and trade ideas, you're always worried about damaging your credibility, your reputation. 
And, you know, when you flip-flop in a moment and bottom tick, <laughs> it damages your credibility and reputation. That being said, I mean, I, I'm right, you know, I'm running the risk here of, you know, we flip-flopped on CPI day, and now are we going to flip-flop again? I mean, what if Microsoft and Google come out today and totally puke and the market, you know, just drops hard? It's not going to look very good for me, is it? <laughs> uh, the credibility will be damaged more. Um, maybe I'll lose subscribers. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is that what happens too often in this business, and going back to Marka Kalanovic, classic example, this is a guy that made the wrong call and refused to budge. His ego was more important to him than getting it right. I am trying to do the opposite. You know, I, I think that, you know, people are paying to follow my thought process, to follow my trades. I think I owe it to them to try to get this right more so than worry about damage to my credibility. Right. So again, there's a very, there's a decent chance. I mean, we've obviously had a nice pullback today. So we're going into these reports, you know, especially after the Walmart warning with, I think very muted expectations, right? And and in the past, there's been a pattern of, you know, we get these sell-offs into earnings and earnings come out and they're, and they're not terrible. And we rally. Is it possible that these earnings could come out and be really horrific? Like, yeah, sure, it's possible. You know, I mean, Morgan Stanley was out commenting today on softness in the software sector. I mean, you know, so there's, there's a potential for Microsoft to have soft results Google, of course, we know is very sensitive. You know, one of, they're one of the most economically sensitive of the big tech stocks um, because of their, you know, how much of their re revenue is, is variable costs, right? Comes from our, uh, marketing and, and advertising. So yeah, we're running a risk here. We are. But as I said, you know, there's a part of me that just wanted to say, you know what? Let's just stand pat and hope it works out. But that's not the right way to do this. The right way is to reevaluate your premises every day. And if you come in one day and you're like, you know what? I'm no longer comfortable with this. I think maybe I'm wrong. Well, then you're supposed to make a change. And that's what we're doing today. Uh, we're not getting aggressively bullish by any means. We're slightly bullish right now positioned. Um, you know, I'm not, it's, this is not a call where I do not think the bottom is in. I do not think we're going to rip to, you know, 45, 4,600 here or anything like that. Okay. I'm looking, I think the 2008 analog for the summer, the late summer in particular, the late July to late August is a good analogy right now. A lot, a lot of negativity is in the market and well understood. I think people, uh, you know, the buy side is usually we refer to them as the smart money. They, they spent the first three, four months of the year trimming. I mean, hedge fund leverage is way down. Uh, I'm not, you know, long only are a bit of a different, different story because they kind of have to have a certain percentage invested, but institutions trimmed, you know, they are not overexposed on the long side right now. Um, and at the end of the day, the, the, you know, the market's a, a game of flows, you know, it's buyers versus sellers. We had more sellers for several months and now it kind of seems a little bit more balanced. Um, so we're in a situation here, I think, where uh, while I am bearish over the next say six to nine months i'm definitely more neutral here uh in the short term uh my initial going into uh, to uh, you know i had a couple of podcasts where i talked about this i, I called it the kenny loggins market where things were just going to kind of chill and be happy for a little while i think perhaps that is proving to be correct july is, is shaping up to be an okay month especially in a year like this we all know that August is one of the worst seasonal months of the year. Um, 
we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out there. But it just it seems like a lot of the fear has been flushed. And, and again, going back to 2008, I mean, there were, I mean, this is a, a much different situation with different risks. I mean, in this case, you know, the leverage problem, the, the, uh, the debt problem is on the sovereign side rather than the banking side. Um, and so there are different kinds of risks this time. But I mean, if you remember 2008, you remember how, how scary it was. And yet we still managed to stage a couple of pretty good bounces. Um, I think that might happen again this time. And I think maybe at the very worst, we're kind of in a sideways chop uh, for now. Um, and again, I could be wrong. I mean, these earnings could come, they could be, they could be really bad. Guidance could be really bad too. We sell off hard. We go to new lows here in the next few weeks. It's absolutely possible. But as I said today in my tweet, where I was announcing that we were moving aside from those, from that big, uh, you know, S&P put position, I'm okay selling into weakness in this macro environment. Most of the time, selling into weakness is a really bad idea because you've just got all the dip buyers and, you know, this like the beach ball holding it under the water. There's this natural propensity for markets to just rise over time, all else being equal. This is a different story. There's a lot to be afraid of right now. There's a lot of reasons to be concerned. The fact that the market has been as resilient as it has is a reason to be concerned a little bit longer term. I mean, as long as risk assets hold up like this, and remember, Fed doesn't care at all about crypto. I think they're loving seeing crypto get pummeled. Crypto is a threat to the fiat universe. You know, the, the Davos crew, the people that really run this, this planet, they don't want alternatives to fiat's gaining traction. Fiat's are, they're, that's how they control everything. But they do care about the stock market, right? And the stock market has held up remarkably well. And as long as it continues to hold up like this, the, the Fed has a measure of license to continue to hike. You know, I mean, who knows how they're thinking, what they're thinking. It certainly seems like they have finally come around to the fact that they better get their act together on the inflation side and the price stability side. Uh, that price stability has finally moved to the forefront. But, you know, we've had some nasty PMIs now. We've got profit warnings from a major retailer. It's gonna be harder and harder for the Fed to act like a recession is unlikely. And how does that change their approach? I mean, is that enough to get them to change their tone and their word, you know, wordsmith things a little differently and kind of indicate, hey, we're going to keep hiking, but we're going to be, you know, respond. We're going to respond to the data if the data really starts to deteriorate. I mean, if that's the message that comes out tomorrow, that, hey, here's 75 basis points, probably going to go another 50 in September, but we're aware that the situation's deteriorating on the macro front. We're sensitive to it. You know, we're not just blindly charging into the back half of the year uh, on a uh, militant rate hike, uh, <laughs> you know, slant, uh, no matter what happens. Um, so any hint of data dependency, the market's gonna like that very much. At the moment, there, you know, I mean, you had Nouriel Rabini out yesterday, you know, I mean, listen, there's a reason he's called Dr. Doom. He's saying this notion that we're gonna have only a shallow recession is nonsense. Right now, I think the consensus view is that we're going to have a, you know, a mild recession, you know, and a lot of it's going to depend on how tight the Fed gets, how certain things play out, especially in Europe. You know, we'll see. China obviously is kind of on tenterhooks still with their massive real estate problem. Um, there's a lot of different ways this could go right now. 
but I don't I don't think the smart money has categorically ruled out the potential for a deeper protracted recession. I don't think so at all. But I don't think we're there yet, you know. And I don't think one earnings season of you know bad numbers and, and bad outlooks is going to suddenly get people thinking, oh my God, the whole thing's falling apart. Um, so again, everything in this business is you know trying to gauge risk reward. There's no there's no guarantees. There's nothing is nothing is certain. You just try to figure out, hey, what's happened? What's likely to happen? You know, where are we? Where might we go? And at this point. I think the risk of a protracted bear market rally is significant enough that it was smart for us to move aside. And again, we could end up being wrong. We shall see. I certainly hope not. I don't want to blow to my credibility. We've already had one this month. But as I said, I think it's my job. You know, um, I mean, I'm not a fiduciary uh, in this, you know, as, as a, the, with the podcast and the, and the Twitter feed, I'm not a fiduciary, but I'm something sort of along those lines. Like, I think I have a duty to try to get this right, regardless of what's happened up to this point. And that's what I'm doing today. So, you know, we have what Microsoft, Google, Visa coming out today. It's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, again, the way that the street has dragged their feet and always drags their feet in terms of lowering estimates to reflect reality. I mean, you look at the street is still estimating an improvement in margins in Q3 and Q4. It's ridiculous. So the numbers have further to come down. You know, Microsoft and Apple and Amazon and these big tech names, the risk there is a little bit less just because there's so many analysts covering these stocks. They're so widely watched. Uh, they're so deeply and widely owned uh, that I think the chances of really being shocked are, are much smaller. These companies have a lot of visibility. Uh, they generally do a very, you know, good job with guidance. They rarely miss their guidance either, you know. Oh, sometimes they they surpass it, but it's not very often that they miss the bottom range, the bottom end of the range of their guidance. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we shorted some Microsoft put spreads today, thinking maybe we get a bounce there. The technical setup for Microsoft is actually quite good. And again, we're not looking for a rally to new highs. We're not looking for, you know, 4,300, 4,400. We're just looking maybe. You know, my gut says 41 to 4,200 is doable. Um, and as I said, go back and look at 2008. And there are some similarities there in terms of the price action in line with the sentiment where you had a lot of bad news, a lot of fear. Um, I think, you know, ultimately looking in hindsight, people continued to underestimate how bad it could get. And I think that's probably happening this time uh, uh, as well. <clears throat> it's a different... <laughs> Um, you know, the, the universe of investors is, is different today than it was back then. It's much younger, much less experienced. There is a propensity and a proclivity to buy dips no matter what. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why we've had a relatively orderly decline this year. Um, there are, there just, there are just tons of people waiting to step in and buy a bunch of calls. Um, and we didn't really have that back in 2008. Um, a lot of things were different back then, but yet, as I said, we still saw a decent bounce. There was kind of this oversold bounce sentiment, got a little too negative short term position, got a little too light. And then, you know, some of the optimism creeped in, Hey, maybe the worst is over. Maybe this was the bottom. Maybe this was the end. The fact that it ended up not being the bottom is beside the point. We still got that bounce and, and people who shorted into the hole in, in mid, in mid July, you know, they were in for some pain. So. That's kind of my thought process here. Um, 
we have had a good run off the bottom. We've had a, a decent little correction here yesterday and today. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but again, you know, it's I, I'm hard pressed to remember the last time we sold off hard, which we have today, into these earnings reports and didn't at the very least kind of trade flat. Um, yeah, it's I can't really remember the last time that happened. These these names are so important. They're seen as, you know, rightly so, as so strong. I mean, listen, most of them are in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act, right? So their competitive moats are deep. They've got a lot of visibility. They're very strong. The competitive positions are very, very strong. Uh, they're going to be given the best. And, and this is also, you know, this is the part of bear markets where I think you are supposed to start looking more at... Um, at growth names again, we've had this huge spike in yields. Yields have come down. Okay, you know I don't think people are too worried about. I don't think they're out there dumping these big tech names because they're worried about you know the ten-year going to four percent right now. Uh, if they're doing it, it's because they're worried about earnings and estimates coming down in next year and the year after, which are totally valid reasons. But um, yeah, these companies, I think you're supposed to start looking a little bit more towards growth names. Remember, you know, in, in a deflationary environment, which is what we're in, or, you know, what Hedgeye calls quad four, um, you know, there there is no macroeconomic growth. There is, you know, recessionary conditions. There is a shrinking of the economy. Um, and you need to look towards stocks that contain secular and intrinsic growth. I mean, you know, the opposite is true in, in, in reflation or quad two, where, you know, now you've got a situation where you've got it. all the all the boats are kind of rising together. There's no reason to overpay for these big growth names. You start looking at value names that are just going to get inflated. They don't contain much potential for growth in and of themselves, but they get, you know, they get lifted uh, along with, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats and they tend often to outperform growth names. So I feel like we've gotten to the point now where, you know, the inflation story is still there, but it's kind of moving to the rearview mirror. We're now shifting fully to, okay, we're going into a recession. How bad is it going to get? But this is when I think you're supposed to start looking more towards growthy names. Um, you know, all, all of these big tech names, like none of them are trading with crazy headline valuations right now. Now, part of that is because I think out your estimates are still too high. But for the most part, no one's looking at these names going, God, these things are so expensive. I'm not going to get involved. Like, it's not to say that they can't get cheaper, and they probably will later on in the year. But for the time being, you know, value had a great run. I think we're probably shifting more towards a, a scenario where uh, where growth may start to finally find a bit of a, you know, that, that, that GARP outlook, growth at a reasonable price, may start to... Uh, find a foothold with investors. So we shall see. Um, as I said, you know, so we've got the Microsoft Google today that's coming up in about two hours. Um, you know, the market's been under pressure all day. The NASDAQ's trading near its lows here. We actually went long uh, a little bit of NASDAQ uh, initially just as a hedge uh, on our puts, but I'm inclined to kind of leave it for now and see how we do. I think there is a very strong desire to uh the, the the desire to buy dips is back the narrative that the worst may be over is back some very smart guys out there uh that i follow who are by no means are they permables 
You know, if anything, they're, they're bearish longer term. And they're looking kind of at the same thing that I am, which is the propensity for uh, a, a bigger and more protracted bounce here. So we will see how it goes. Um, and I think I'll leave it at that for today. We'll talk to you again uh, probably on Thursday.